Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone this house just ain't no home anytime she goes away ladies and gentlemen it is good to be back in your ears uh my name's john marthaler with me tonight it's good to have the one the only the tweeter of the year Stu newman hey guys uh or i'm sorry pardon me hey guy uh how's it going <laughs> Hey, buddy, how's it going? <laughs> yep, it's a two-man show tonight. Uh, Brandon and our good friend, Dr. Mr. Chicken Finger 69 are not here tonight. Um, Stu and I, however, have been suffering through Minnesota yes. sports. It's been, a, it's been a week of suffering, and this podcast is nothing if it's not group therapy. So we are choosing to – we're, we're going to have – some adult beverages, and we're just going to sit here, and you guys are going to listen to us work out our problems, because that's where we're at with Minnesota sports right now. Yeah, um, and I think also, I think you had said a week of suffering. I would uh, just say it's a lifetime of suffering that has allowed us to put this week of suffering into perspective. <laughs> a lifetime of suffering that has come to a head, come to a point. Come to a, another point. There'll be, there'll be yeah, future points. To- I think we're... yet another relative maximum in the long bar graph of <laughs> Minnesota sports misery. Yes, in the, in the green room, we were discussing how we were both watching Toronto sporting events. He's, John's watching the are... Maple Leafs, and I'm watching the Raptors, just because uh, Toronto has a suffering uh, almost equal to Minnesotans right now. They also have like a mid '90s championship, well in their rearview mirror, and their professional teams. And their uh, most beloved team gives them the most heartache. I think they're a fairly good uh, uh, parallel to Minnesota. Right. They Choosing Toronto as our replacement for Minnesota sports for the evening was not our best move. No, but it is um, very, very, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Let's put it that way. It's uh, very, very right. It's very on brand for the sportive podcast. Uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? I have... I, I'm very on brand as well because I have a surly mender. Wow, as it happens, I have a surly uh, axe man here and uh, just enjoying the uh, pale, the India Pale Ale delight that it is. And I just uh, <laughs> hor- I horfed down almost like a half bag of the Dots pretzels. Are you familiar with Dots pretzels? I no. It sounds as if, but this can't possibly be true because we live in a we we live in a world where such things. 
probably can't happen. It sounds as if they are pretzels covered or possibly mixed with Dots candy. Uh, that is not the case. No, uh, Dots pretzels is a uh, pretzel in like the braid form. Um, they're out in North Dakota, some backwater burg in North Dakota. I do not know the <laughs> like Y and Dot or something. You know, just middle of nowhere, not even right. close to the interstate. And they're like these ranch pretzels, and you can usually only get them at like Fleet Farm or like you know discount like you know places yeah. uh, but now they actually any sell them hardware yeah any, any hardware yeah. store west of jamestown carries. yeah and they're, they're common as water in north dakota and northwestern minnesota but they've just started creeping down the interstate here and they're phenomenal uh they have them both at a yeah the target here in town and st cloud and a byerly's as well and they're they're delicious have a target wow we have two targets one in the mall and one on my side of town so uh, our, oh. ours is more hard scrabble. It's got like a lot of flickering lights and chipped is tile. The Target still a disaster. Uh yeah, I it's I don't go there unless I absolutely have to. Uh, the the one on my side of town is much nicer and quieter. Um, it's got easy and of course it's it's kitty corner um, from Val's. So yeah, it's obviously oh. it's clearly the better Target, but. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, got everything going for it. Yeah, so I've just I should oh I should uh, while you're you can like intro into the uh, the first topic. I have to text my wife and apologize for finishing the pretzels because I think she was going to have some more <laughs> when she got back. So while she's out taking Piper to Oops. dance, she can maybe grab another bag or something. So you know, while you're doing this podcast, just go ahead, get in the car, get, head up to like Thief <laughs> River Falls. <laughs> They'll they'll have more there. Um, is that um, is that where Bufflin is from? I can't recall where Dustin Bufflin, Bufflin is. From. Bufflin's from Roseville, where okay. apparently he was put into a. There was some sort of nuclear accident. I don't think Roseville has a nuclear reactor, and yet somehow they created an amazingly large hockey player who, every year in the playoffs, manages to hurt six or seven of the wild players even when he wasn't playing on a playoff team mm-hmm. he would just show up on the blues or on the blackhawks and somehow after the series would over was over they'd be like yeah uh, a lot of guys were hurt in that series and all of them it became it came because dustin bufflin ran them over behind the net and of course i i was a little disappointed by the hockey playoffs this year and this is gonna sound like total whining and it's not because the wild got killed and deserved to get killed but there was this strange thing where all of a sudden it was like a throwback to 1994 in the nhl playoffs mm-hmm. where the playoffs started and immediately nothing was a penalty anymore like during the regular season the nhl has been i would say lauded for cutting down on a lot of the stupid crap that went on in like i say the 90s where Instead of playing defense, like trying to hit the puck away from somebody, you just reached out with your stick and hooked them or slashed them, and it was like punishment for trying to skate by somebody. Somebody would just slash you right across the wrists, and nobody would call anything because you got to be tough. <laughs> so after after the last time the NHL had a terrible strike and a lockout and canceled the, canceled the World Series, um, they finally... They finally broke down and did something about it and started actually calling a lot of those penalties. And even over the last couple years, they've made a real effort to actually cut down on all those stick infractions such that during regular season hockey now, pretty much if you hit a guy with your stick and he stumbles or falls over or otherwise his stride is broken, they're going to call a penalty on you. 
And then game one of the playoffs, all of a sudden, there was none of that to the point that Eric Stahl got cross-checked in the neck by a guy who got suspended for the Mm cross-check. And the referees both just stared at it and went, nope. (laughs) Not my problem. Not a penalty. We don't want to affect the game too much. Well, you don't want to get involved. If you get involved, you might make it worse. (laughs) I'm sure this sounds like I'm whining like the referees were the problem in that Wild Jet series, and they weren't. And we'll come to the Wild in a minute, but... It, it just, it's amazing to me that that is, that was still a thing in 2018 that all of a sudden the refs just went 1994 style with, uh, with the playoff refereeing. So anyway, the first thing that I did want to talk about, Stu, mm-hmm. is your Minnesota Timberwolves giving up 50 points in a quarter to the Houston Rockets. <laughs> is that, uh, we have to, we have to go back. We have to really, Throw our minds back to the last time the Timberwolves in the play were in the playoffs. We were in a very, we were both in very different positions in life. Yes, the last time the Timberwolves were in the playoffs, but I don't remember a moment in any of the Timberwolves' first round playoff exits. They had seven playoff first round playoff exits in a row, and I don't remember any moments quite like that one where it was just such an absurd failure. Yeah, I. Um, it's just you want to. You know, for a coach known for defense to get that, I, to get that humiliated in a playoff game is like, oh, are we talking about Mike Zimmer or Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> oh, God, that was good. Did you, that was your fingers. God, that was good, right? That was really good. I kind of like I did well, the whole I setup mean, there. It was I think that was a really effective bit of comedy. The the br- the bright side is that now we don't have to worry about saying anything the rest of the podcast because <laughs> our good friend Doctor Fingers has shut the podcast off and we'll never listen again. So. Sharpening a farm implement to have his his horrible revenge. Um, yeah, that uh, it really. Um, did you watch the entire third quarter? I did not. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. <laughs> Here's how I handled it. There, <laughs> I was I was really worried that it was going to be bad. Um, and it was, I watched a good chunk of the first half and, um, uh, we, uh, Mandy got home from work and we wanted to watch, uh, a TV show that we like, uh, the Americans. We hadn't watched it from last week. So we figured we'd watch it and then see how the game was going after that. Uh, it was 50 to 49 rockets at halftime and we put the TV show on. Yeah. <laughs> they were losing by 27 points. <laughs> Houston had scored 50. By the time the show was done, <laughs> it, and they had been up by more, it wasn't. No, I know. Towards the end, it, they got within twenty or something like that. But at one point, I think they were down thirty-five. Yeah, it was in the third quarter. Yeah, and uh, uh, Harden outscored the Timberwolves in the third quarter, which is he mean he's the MVP. Those things happen, but it's the rest of the team just getting. Abs- I mean, I think Rudy Tomjanovich went for a good eight ten points in that quarter. I don't think anyone can dispute yeah. that that actually happened. Um, so that Ralph Sampson somehow got <laughs> the Twin Towers are back. Jim Peterson, um, I don't know. It was just God. It was so bad, John. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, and yep. that leads into tonight, where that probably, barring uh, uh, to be fair, I don't think any of us saw them winning Game Three. So I think. Right. Yeah, so I mean, I guess they could win tonight, but that's that's not going to happen. You know, that's not going to happen. Is there? 
the one very durable trope about Tom Thibodeau, and this was true up until he took took command of the Timberwolves, took the Timberwolves job, and even through the first couple of years of his tenure, the one trope about Thibodeau was, well, this guy is a defensive coach. He's gonna he's gonna coach him up. He's gonna teach him to play defense. I think that fifty point third quarter that's that's the moment that will always be remembered about Tom Thibodeau. You can't call him a defensive coach anymore. No. If someone says to you, Thibodeau is a defensive coach, all you have to say is 50-point third quarter, <laughs> and you've won the argument, and they have to go outside and think about what they've done. A 50-point third quarter in a series where they had a legit shot, had they remembered how to play basketball at the end of game one. They could have stolen game one, and they could have been playing to go up 3-1 at home after uh playing Houston to a draw in the first half of Game 4. Instead, they're down 3-1 because they couldn't play offensive basketball at the end of Game 1. They've just got... I I, I, I don't have good metaphors for what happened in Game 2. Um, stuck in a Game 3, and then just the, the events of, of Monday night are... Well, they're on tape if anybody wants to watch it. Right. Yeah... I'm sure it will be replayed on your on on Fox Sports North mm-hmm. at some point. The NBA's best if quarters. You want to watch it, and I can't imagine why you would. Yeah, that'll be available for your perusal. Ugh. Oh, the Toronto Raptors won, so that, John. By the way, just I look at them. Oh, they did. They did. Which game was that in the series? Um, I think that was Game uh, Five. I think they're up three-two now. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean. The the Maple Leafs are still leading their hockey games. So Whoa! This could be a good night for Toronto. Also playing tonight, which a game I'm planning to watch is Toronto FC is playing in the finals of the Continental Championship. Oh! They are playing Chivas of Mexico. It's like a big Toronto sports night coming on the heels of the tragic. Oh yeah, that's band, right. I forgot about that. Van terrorism. But yeah, by coming on the heel, by some, it would yeah, be good for Toronto. It would be really, yeah. Your hearts, one for yeah, your hearts got to be with uh, your Toronto friends. What up, John Sharkman? Um, what up, uh, Drake? I think is from Toronto. <laughs> Who else is from Toronto? Uh, what up, wh- Rob Ford? What up, Second City Television? Rob Ford, uh, rest in peace. I think, or is that Doug Ford? I can't remember. Uh, no. Did Doug Ford die? One of the Ford brothers died. Their heart exploded from I'm, being a rate like a racist cocaine abuser. After after I forgot that Roy Halladay died, I'm very gun shy about a making fun yeah of you him, <laughs> or b mentioning that anyone is dead. especially if they're are associated with Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yes, yeah, Roy Halladay, another Toronto. Tragedy. Yeah, so just be careful there. But no, I did I did not know that about the the the, the soccer. Um, Yep. Uh, the Maple Leafs, I don't think they've... Have they advanced out of the first round in, like, 20 years? Um, I think they have. I think I, the thing everybody is remembering, though, is a couple years ago, and I can't remember which year this was now, but they were playing Boston in the first round of the playoffs, and they got a, got to a Game 7 and took a 4-1 lead into the third period and then blew it and lost 5-4 in overtime. <laughs> so... Pretty much as soon as this series started looking likely, and this this Toronto Boston series has looked like it was going to happen for about three months now. Pretty much all anyone has talked about is, well, it was four to one. 
lose four to one. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a little bit like the Golden State Warriors being up three to one. Mm-hmm. All anybody remembers is Toronto up four to one, blows the game. Somehow I think Zidane Chara scored the game tying goal from right in front of the net or something like that. It, it I don't want to for for John Sharkman and any other Toronto natives that might be listening to this podcast. I don't want to bring up painful moments, but so if if they can pull it off tonight, and as we say many times on this podcast, by the time we're done talking mm-hmm. and this is posted on the internet. You will know how the Maple Leafs did. Yeah, you will. You will know what they did. So why are we talking about it? John, that's a great question. Um, I think it was to avoid talking about Minnesota sports, even though we... <laughs> we don't want to talk about Minnesota sports. But while we're on the topic of hockey, we should talk about the Minnesota yeah. Wild. Who they, they ran into an unfortunate event where Zach Parisi broke his sternum mm-hmm. which hurts. in a hockey game, which hurts. seems like the kind of injury that shouldn't happen. Nope, shouldn't. Not to anybody. And then they went into Game Five, and they got I and I, I I hesitate to use the term, but they got slaughtered. It was an absolute bloodbath in Game Five. Winnipeg scored thirty-one seconds into the game, and then almost immediately scored three more goals, mm-hmm. and so the series was over long before the series ended. Ugh, yeah, it's and it was bad. It was it was such a beating. It was such a beating that the. We talk a lot about general managers on this show, and finally one of them took the fall. Chuck Fletcher, the Wild GM, he, he wasn't fired. He just had his contract not renewed because he was in the last season of his contract. But for all intents and purposes, he was fired a couple days ago. And as as Doctor as Doctor Puck, I gotta imagine that. Oh, sorry, Mister Puck. Mm-hmm. Doctor Crease is not right. here tonight. As Mr. Puck, I gotta imagine that you were ready to see the end of the Chuck Fletcher. Well, I, it, they clearly needed some fresh blood in there. I don't think anyone disputes that. You don't want to change just for change's sake, but um, you want to look around at like you know what other franchises, model franchises, are doing. And for example, my Perds, um, who are clearly a team on the rise, and uh, you may want to you know kick the tires on maybe some assistant general managers on that team. And sure enough. Um, friend of the program, Mike Russo. Um, I don't know if he's a friend of the program. He actually, I think he hates chicken fingers. Yeah. Um, said the the Wild are bringing in their assistant GM for an interview. I believe is that correct, John? Yeah, I I think the guy's name is Paul Fenton, and I think he's the leader in the clubhouse in terms of the favorite to be the new Wild GM. Uh, Craig Leopold, the Wild owner, before he owned the Wild, he owned the Purge, mm-hmm. and so. There's a certain connection between Nashville and Minnesota in that way, and Fenton has been Fenton has been pretty towards the top of almost everyone's potential GM hire list for a few years, actually. So I would be somewhat surprised if he doesn't end up getting the gig. One of the things that the Purds have done, one of the things that a lot of teams have done that the Wild have not done is that they have managed to build through the draft. Really? You can you can in do a that? Salary cap, in the NHL? In a, in a salary cap area, it's extremely important, of course, to, to develop guys out of the draft. I Russo, a friend of the program, Mike Russo, posted something, and one of the things that he pointed out is that one of the things that Fletcher never could do was those depth guys, those third-line third guys, those fourth-line guys, 
he always ended up signing veterans and then having to dump them because he was constantly on a search for something like that. And those are guys that should come from within your organization. Uh, it's one thing if you don't have a 50 goal scorer on your team because there's not a lot of 50 goal scorers around. and You sort of have to get lucky to get one, but there, you should be able to develop, draft and develop guys who are going to play on the penalty kill and be your third line center, something like that. And the thing that, the thing that always seemed true about Fletcher is that no matter what, you could sort of understand what he was doing at any given point, but also most of his decisions didn't work out. <laughs> and, and at some point, you got to take the fall for that. <laughs> um. what, whatever, whatever he might have done, you can you can you can look at it and say, well, that that made sense. The example I think of is trading a first round pick and a second round pick last year for Martin Hansel down the stretch when the Wild. They had an awfully good stretch, and they looked like a potential Stanley Cup contender. Not maybe the best team in the league, but certainly it looked like a chance to make a run. So Fletcher dumped a first-round pick and a second-round pick on Arizona for Martin Hansel. And as soon as Hansel got here, the team went in the tank, and they ended up winning one playoff game and going home, just like this year. <laughs> and you look at you you look at what Fletcher did there, and a lot of guys fall into that trap of. Saying, well, this is our year. We got to take a swing for the fences. We got to make a run. All of that kind of reasoning. And despite the fact that you understand why he did it, he still needs to take the fall for the fact that it failed abjectly. He signed so many contracts that are millstones around the neck of the wild. Uh, it's, it's funny. You look at Vegas, who. I, I think we talked about Vegas, and we mentioned that everyone was picking them to lose their first-round series. Well, they went out and swept yep. the Kings, so mm-hmm. they're fine. Vegas is fine. They don't nope. need our help. One of the things that Vegas had going for them is that, unlike every other team in the league, they don't have those terrible multi-year deals that just hang around and murder the team for years upon years. And the Wild have nothing but those guys. Yeah, and... They have Koivu's contract still going for another year or two. Parisi and Suter are signed, as we've mentioned a, a thousand mm-hmm. times, for about 20 more yes. years. And even guys like uh, Tyler Ennis, they're probably going to have to buy out Tyler Ennis. They traded for him last year. And he, they're probably going to have to buy him out because he was awful all year. And it's just it's so many contracts like that that are eating up the cap space, that are making it difficult to sign guys long-term. And it it was contracts like that that led them to get rid of two up-and-coming players to Vegas so that a couple other of their up-and-coming players did not leave. They they just backed themselves into a corner, and at some point Fletcher had to answer for all of his crimes, and I'm... I'm glad he finally did. And which is which is good, but the the problem remains as he said, um Greg Perditor, the, the the potential new GM, um has to find a sucker. That's really what it comes down to, right? He right. has to and again, suckers exist because yep. we we see uh them employed as general managers oftentimes in town for the for the All teams. The time. For some <laughs> for of our favorite teams. teams. And uh so he needs to find another sucker and as i think we've and as we've seen in all yeah. is that brian burke is <laughs> brian burke is no longer an nhl gm he was always good for a he, dumb trade he, but and yeah right. it's 
yeah, this is across all sports. They have people have learned the value of having young rosters on the cheap. That is across all. I mean, that isn't isolated to baseball or hockey. I mean, everyone knows that now. So it's very difficult to fleece somebody unless you're trying to trade with a team based out of Minneapolis or St. Paul. In which case, it's woo, dealer's choice. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't... I mean, there's no real analysis to offer, I don't think, until he finds a sucker. That's... Because you right. can't just and cut the guy. You still got to pay him. So you can't just cut him... It, yeah, you make a good point. And it's like the, I mean, it's not like the NFL where, you know, there's no guaranteed contracts ever. Even when it says it's guaranteed, somehow they find a codicil in the Faber charter. And it's like, oh, sorry, sorry about the right. debilitating neck injury that's going to hamper your life for the, you know, the rest of your years. You're on the street. Uh, there is some, if good for them, there is some security in an NHL contract, which just doesn't help the, the wild at this point rebuild. Yeah a team that is absolutely not going to improve next year unless they find a sucker. I, You make an excellent point, Mr. Puck, because I don't know what they're going to do. They signing, Getting a new GM is good. They they needed a new GM. They needed a, some kind of change of scenery. Even the players sort of admitted that, okay, this was... All of the quotes were a little bit the mm-hmm. same, where they said, okay, this is our fault. We feel bad, but I think it was time. It's time for a change, and I think ultimately, with something like the GM, whether you get a new coach or a new GM, you have to do something, and you can't fire the players. So you move mm-hmm. on. I, I don't think they they don't seem like they're going to fire Bruce Boudreau. Uh, Leopold said that, as far as he's concerned, Boudreau is safe. Obviously, if they hire a GM who has very strong opinions about hiring, goodness knows who, Ken Hitchcock or somebody, then that's that's a different story. But I think Boudreaux is safe. I, somebody pointed out that in every season or his last eight seasons or something that he's coached a full year, he's his team has gotten 100 points or more, which is an amazing run. Um. And I'm fine with Boudreaux. I'm fine with Boudreaux sticking around. I'm fine with the coaching staff. I'm glad they have a new GM. But I really... I I feel like the new GM is going to be rated on an impossible curve, which is, can you trade Miko Koivu to the Montreal Canadiens? (laughs) Can you fleece them out of... You don't even need to fleece them out of something useful. Just like a third-round draft pick would be fine. Yeah, and we just don't... We can't predict the future. We we try. God knows we try. Right. But yeah, it's well. Every time we predict the future, it goes poorly. Oh God, I just ah. speaking speaking of the future. Well, the Minnesota Twins are garbage. Uh, well, they're playing in New York, so that's uh, a given. Um, yeah. The last time I, that's a whole yeah, they were downs. That was a relatively decent score. They were only down six to three, I think, the last time I checked. I don't know if that has improved at all, but that's yeah. But um, I know that um, as in the last two evenings, the starter got chased early. Uh, the bullpen was miserable, and they couldn't score any baseball points. So uh, it's just brutal. Um, 
that a Tampa Bay series was equally brutal and actually worse because the Yankees are good. Tampa is a trash. Um, so they will be, uh, after tonight, on a six-game losing streak. Um, after a season that started out fairly well, uh, has really, really, really hit a, a, a rough patch. And uh, it's basically just, you know, they can't pitch and they can't hit, and you're going to lose a lot of games yeah. when you can do neither one of those things. It's coincided with their best player being on the disabled list. So, um, everybody, everybody in the middle of that batting order has just been scuffed. Yeah, it's just been ugly. Sano, I, I gotta assume he's going to be the first major leaguer to strike out three hundred times in a year. It's kind of unbelievable. And um, you got guys like Castro, who I think is hitting 052 or something oh, yeah. like that. He's awful. I I do think I do want to mention we we talked a lot about GMs already on this podcast, but a special shout out to the boy geniuses for that Logan Morrison signing because you want to talk about a guy that has been awful. Oh man, Logan Morrison has been. Uh. Even Brett Boone got more hits than Logan Morrison. Brett Boone was at the end of a steroid fuel <laughs> binge when he got to the Twins. He literally didn't know which side of the plate to stand on anymore. Pretty sure he had a higher batting average than Logan Morrison has had. That guy is... Who was the guy? His I'm blanking on his name. Byung-Ho Park. Yeah. Byung-Ho Park was far better than Logan Byron Morrison. Byron Buxton last April. Had. Was better because he played really good defense. Logan Morrison's a DH who is batting like Byron Buxton. <laughs> you, you gotta. Everybody talked about how great the boy geniuses, how great an offseason they had, and they got Morrison at a bargain. But maybe the real geniuses, and this is something that my, that my brother pointed out on Twitter. Maybe the real geniuses are all the other Major League Baseball teams who looked at Logan Morrison's career, which is seven replacement-level seasons <laughs> and one season in which he had 38 homers, and said, you know, we'll get, we're good. We're good. We don't need him. Um, we'll be fine. Speaking of friend of the program, Dave, why was uh, our uh, co-host, Chicken Finger 69 yelling at him on Twitter the other day? Um, I think... I, I, I think... Dave was insufficiently mad or possibly too mad at somebody involved. In okay. I, I couldn't follow the train. I, I was busy. I saw yeah. that he was getting upbraided by, uh, by Fingus. He was, he was in the dip with Fingus and, uh, I, I, I don't I know what was going on. If I remember correctly, Dave was blaming Craig Leopold for the Parisi and Suter signings, which is fair because, yeah. Leopold was the guy who wanted shiny new toys to make sure that when when they signed Parisi and Suter, and this is something that I had forgotten a little bit, when they signed him, the wild sellout streak had ended since the start of the franchise. It was just sort of a sort of a dead team. They hadn't made the playoffs in four years. It was just kind of a drifting, aimless mm-hmm. franchise. And then they signed Parisi and Suter, and somehow that was enough to get him back going in the right direction. They also had a couple of young guys that like Jason Zucker and. That that helped bring him back too, but I, I I think that's what was going on. Dave may have been blaming the wrong person, and we all know our good friend Chicken Finger sixty nine is a very a very reasonable person. So <laughs> I'm sure, I'm it, sure was it was. Um, yeah, I just 
man, I just... I don't want to overreact. I mean, it's still April. Um, I know. Well, and, and honestly, it's, it's, this would look better because they, they got... Um, in the parlance of baseball, they have three games banged against uh, the wretched Chicago White Sox. So in theory, those are right. they'd still be you know at five hundred, even with a six game losing streak. But uh, shit, man, these well, games—that is yeah. what we're counting on. For yeah, the but these games. Game. The thing we have to keep remembering is: sure, they may not be that good, but they're going to play the White Sox and the, and the Tigers. Oh, the Tigers. And the Tigers. They're going to play those three teams. They haven't played any yeah. of those teams yet. And those are bad. Yeah, really bad. And I put, of course, so are, so are the the response to that would be, so are the Rays. The Rays are just uh, bad, bad, bad as bad. So that, yeah, exactly. So uh, it could be a bad week. They had bad weeks last year and made the playoffs. So we can just hope right. that they get out of New York. If they could win... Come back tonight or win tomorrow. They won't, but if they could, that would be, I think, set everyone's mind at ease a little bit. But they're not going to. Just don't don't, don't hang that on me. They're not going to win tonight. They're not going to win tomorrow. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <sighs> Some sort Christ. of would help a lot. So, um... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Timberwolves next, or do we already we already did the Timberwolves, didn't we? We God. already talked Timberwolves. Do you have any idea? The the one thing I want the one other thing I wanted to mention was, do you have any idea who the Vikings are going to or should take in the NFL draft? And I have a follow up question, which is, if you have any idea, why do you care? Um, I don't have a clue who they are going to take. Um, I enjoyed, I listened to, on the way home from work tonight, I listened to the uh, shutdown full cast. They did a mock draft uh, with, a, with a celebrity hot tub and uh, Spencer Hall. Uh, they drafted a kicker with a ninth pick. Right. So, so, so that was my kind of mock draft, the kind that just makes people... And if I, if I remember right, there's a Twitter user out there who would like get into those fake, you know, mock draft boards and then just start picking Tim Tebow. I think it might have been boring as heck, or somebody like that. And it was the greatest. The reactions to the other guys in the fake draft room, right. just losing their shit. Was he the, <laughs> so good? Was he the guy who would ruin? Who would just go into fantasy draft? Yes, and ruin yes. The mock draft? 
by taking Nick <laughs> yes, Chris over exactly. and stuff like that. <laughs> Which is, I think, honestly, God, he, he should have a Nobel Prize for doing that. <laughs> it's, it's the greatest <laughs> thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I listened to that. That was my draft prep for this show. Um, and and in their scenario, they had, they had Washington, uh, Minnesota trading up with Washington so Washington could get Kirk Cousins back to punish him. <laughs> And they had the Vikings take Sam Darnold. So that was... Uh, which, if that happens, would be... Oh, no, I, 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 the stranger... Daniel Snyder is an idiot. So he's... Yes. Uh, a well-known idiot who um, just keeps a racist team mascot and continues to have the worst turf in the NFL. Um, so he's he's great. They, I'm glad they suffer. Um, I think the Vikings yep. will... Yeah, nobody. Yeah, I think the, yeah. When the Washington football no, not at all. Um, I think the Vikings will take an offensive lineman because they need an offensive lineman. We said that. We said that the last six years I know. in a row, though. Every year we say the Vikings' offensive line is a porous nightmare that haunts the dreams of every quarterback who's had the misfortune of to, to mm-hmm. play behind it. And every year the Vikings come up with something that you just you don't even see it coming no. anymore. You think, oh, they must take an offensive lineman, and it's a wide receiver. Why well, is it a wide th- receiver? I think no this year knows. it's pretty much accepted that they'll draft a tight end. So Mike Rand has to change his one of his daughters' <laughs> name to Chicken Fingers, and it's, which isn't. I mean, it's not fair. Oh, did Mike? Did Mike fall victim? Did Did Mike fall victim to that? Uh, oh. He didn't fall. No, he um he 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 fell. But if by falling victim to one of uh, Chicken Finger 69's ruses, you mean existing on the internet? Then yes, he fell victim to it. Bro, so, yeah. <laughs> my beautiful, my beautiful daughter Claire in Swamp Town, and, and my empty house where that I had to move out of. Or, or testament to, to his genius. The misfortune that befalls you if you if you should argue, argue even even a bit. Good friend, he's, he's a genius. Um, but yeah, they. Should take an offensive lineman, they could probably go best player available. I mean, I don't know. It's a 30th pick. Who gives a shit? They'll probably trade out of the first round. I so yeah. Yep, that's yeah, that's so the truth that's of it. The, the 30th pick, usually the Vikings draft is more exciting because they've been awful, and so they're going to get mm-hmm. the fifth pick or something like that. Even when they're at about number 18, they, they might get somebody, but... The 30th pick, it's like you don't even have a pick, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I think, yeah, it'll, they'll either, what they should do is draft an offensive lineman or trade down for a bunch of picks. That's what they should do. Those are the two things they should do. So what will happen is a mystery to both you and I. Right. I, you can predict with... With our guy Rick Spielman, who I think we still hate, is that is that true? Do you have any hate? No, for he Rick seems Spielman? to be a nice. I feel like I'm. He seems the to be a nice enough guy, um, who probably should have. I think the Christian Ponder pick was a firing offense, but he's still here. Um, right. He's just living that dream of you know being smart enough to get Steph Diggs in the fifth and get Adam Thielen off of the Detroit League Detroit Lakes, you know. B squad or whatever the hell he got him from. I oh Mankato, sorry. Um, so I just I I don't hate him as much as I I don't hate him as much as the Fingas does. I don't think I hate him as much as you do. But man, he's been on that job a long time. 
given the mistakes he's made. And I know Broxy's argument is that everybody fucks up, and that's why New England always gets a ton of picks. So even if they fuck up, they have enough, you know, other picks that they can hopefully draft enough good players to outweigh the bad. And that's actually that that makes some sense to me. And I apologize to that. So they're gonna fail, but the volume of their failure will be such that it can overcome. Correct. Some of the they problems. have enough uh, shots at you know. No, enough swings at the pinata they can break open and get some bit of honeys. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's their best hope, and that right there is about all I wanted. Yeah, about. I got. Yeah, I. I uh, yeah, like I said, I, I listened to a one-hour joke podcast about the draft, and that is the most listening I've done about the draft. Yeah. Go ahead, find the shutdown full cast if you're really interested. I'm sure it will be more yeah, well, informative than yeah, well, the sports. Oh, I guess I'm sorry. I listened to Access Vikings as well, but they were they were, you know, like serious and stuff. And they, and they, they, and they but they, I, I, I don't yeah, want to say have. too serious because they do read Chicken Fingers as emails. So I <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how serious you can take them. How the FCC hasn't <laughs> taken them off the air? It's strange. It's very honest. strange. Um, do you have anything else you want to get on? Um, let's do? see. Wolves are going to lose. Twins are going to lose. Wild already are out. Uh, we covered, uh, Lindsey Whalen, a Minnesota hero last week, right? Uh, um, right. Covered the Vikings. Oh, um, Minnesota United's back in town this weekend. Yeah, um, without uh, hometown hero Ethan Finley, who tore his ACL. He's not a hometown hero. I want to be He's clear a hometown about hero. Ethan Finley. This is something that I feel He is a hometown hero. About. Ethan Finley, I, I feel like... I, I feel like there needs to be a committee. And by a committee, I mean a committee of just me, who is in charge of deciding whether somebody counts as one of us or not. Hashtag one of us. Hashtag Why is Ethan Finley not one of us? And Ethan Finley, Ethan Finley was born mm-hmm. in Duluth, which, okay, that's a good start. But he was raised entirely in Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. Just because he happened to go to the his mom happened to go to the hospital in Duluth, Minnesota, does not okay, so make he him li- one of us. There are he lived in Superior. There, there. I'm sure there are many. Famous for uh, no, he grew up in Marshall. Oh Jesus! I don't actually know where Ethan Marshall. Jesus Christ! That's yeah, that is bad. I don't. What I do know is that he was raised in Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. He's not a Minnesotan, despite the fact he was born here. He doesn't count. Brent Coleman. Now there's a good solid Minnesotan, born and raised in Woodbury. That's what I want out of a one of us kind of guy. Ethan Finley, not one of us. Okay, keep going. Um, they have the Houston Dynamo, I believe is what we call that in the in the biz. Um, that's a yep. yeah, it's going to be Houston. beautiful. Um, we of course will have the uh, pregame, the pre-match party will be at Surly starting at four o'clock. We'll have plenty of cold rising north. Everyone, give me give me a little bit of a rundown. Give me a little bit of a rundown of what it's like at Surly before. It um, well, unlike the previous pre-match parties this season, it'll be nice out. So that'll be fun. Uh, the snow's gone. Yeah. Um, so you can uh, hang out, uh, have an ice-cold rising north. A dollar of each can goes to the Mississippi Park Connection to clean up our parks and rivers. Um, 
it'll be ice cold pale ale. I think we just brewed up another batch today. It'll be great, uh, super crisp, great off the line. Um, I think I I think mm-hmm. I told you this, Stu, but for the first time, I bought the Rising mm-hmm. North Pale Ale, and I do want to say it's delicious. And I'd also like to ask you publicly now to call off your marketing dogs. I tried it; it's great. We we don't need to talk about. Um, it. Let's see. It's six point zero percent ABV. We use uh, Mandarina Bavaria hops, I believe. It's just it's delicious. Um, at the pre-match party, we also have DJ Jake Rude from Transmission um, playing some of your favorites from the eighties, nineties, and today. Uh, we have the food truck open. Um, pizza place is open. If you haven't had the pizza yet, oh yeah, it's it's, fin- it's phenomenally good. Um, and yeah, that's about it. They're the uh, United are two and four going into this game. They uh, they did okay, I think. Against you may differ on this, but I think after a bad first half against uh, the very good Seattle team, uh, they came back and actually uh, played pretty well in the second half and actually put the fear of God into them a little bit before Seattle. Uh, uh, netted a third goal in almost like the end of the game here's here's the thing about united they have developed a tendency over the past few games where they basically just spot the opposing team a two nothing lead and i gotta tell you Stu, that has not been a it's not been conducive to winning soccer i somebody pointed out and i wish i knew who because i i name check him right now Someone pointed out that last year was in many ways just a disaster. It was kind of a garbage year, but at no point last year did they lose four consecutive games, which is what they've done now. They've lost four consecutive games. Their defense has been porous. They they got a lot to figure out. A lot of it starts with their defense, but they got they've got some offensive things to figure out too. The thing that I can't the thing that I can't quite understand Two games ago, they played at Portland, and that was the first game of their new signing, Darwin Quintero, who is a guy that came from the Mexican League, and he's amazing. He's been really fun to watch. I really like watching him. I'm really glad he's on Minnesota. Um, and in that first game against Portland, he and Christian Ramirez, they they just seem to sort of click. And even after the game, Adrian Heath, who's the head coach, said as much. He said, boy, they look really good together. They, they really... They really seem to click. They really seem to gel. I think it seemed like they'd found a pairing. And then they went to Seattle the next week, and he started Abu Dunlady instead of Kristen Ramirez. I just, I can't understand that. That makes no sense whatsoever to me. He even said, this looked great, so we're going to not do that. And, of course, immediately they find, fell behind by two goals. Well, in the second half, Dunlady got hurt. They brought on Ramirez, and Ramirez scored. So... I, I, Don Lottie's sort of day-to-day right now. I'm hoping Ramirez gets the start against Houston. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a little more of Quintero and Miguel Ibarra and uh, Christian Ramirez working together because I think that's going to be an excellent combination. And I think we'll see, of course, because Adrian Heath is unpredictable. But my hope is that the three of them start together. I think uh, Sam Nicholson, who had a lot of concussion issues, he actually played against Seattle too because, as you mentioned, Ethan Finley was lost for the season with an ACL injury. Um, I, I, it was nice to see Nicholson back because you worry with concussion issues that uh, he had a concussion and now he's not going to play for the rest of the year. But we'll see how he does on the right wing. They have any number of wingers because 
every player that Minnesota United signed between the start of 2017 and the start of 2018 was a winger <laughs> for some reason. They have plenty. It'll it'll be interesting to see who they play on the right wing. I they they obviously have defensive issues and stuff too, but my hope is that Houston, who's not a bad team, my hope is that Minnesota can at least look like a competent soccer team and not give away a two nothing lead right away like they've been doing so often. I would agree with that, and I would just like to stress again what a great corporate partner Minnesota United is. <laughs> uh, so you didn't actually answer my question, Sue. Do a lot of people show up at Surly before the game? Is it like... Um, it, de- it definitely depends on the weather. Uh, now that it's nice, it yeah, I, we noticed that last year, like in the early, like in the spring, after the opener, it wasn't quite as full as it had been for the opener, and then once the weather got nice, it was... right. Just a, it was just a big old party, which is cool. And again, I mean, it's also like fairly if you want to go there, but don't want to deal with a bunch of soccer rubes like John and me. Um, I, notice, notice how I included right. myself in that. Just throwing myself into the mix there. Um, yep. They all march to the stadium like forty five minutes before the game, so you can go there and just hang out with the fam and uh, go to the new pizza place upstairs and put some money in the jukebox and play pinball for all like, for all we care because. It's a pretty cool party, and it lasts about three hours, and then, you know, everyone else shows up and does their thing too. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's a good. It, it really. I know I, I'm, I'm I am being a little facetious, but no, it is really a good time. In some ways, Surly is sort of the it's it's the local bar for Minnesota United right now because on the other side of the stadium mm-hmm. is campus, and God bless the University of Minnesota. I had some great times there, but I have reached a point in my life at which I no longer want to <laughs> hang out at a campus bar. I have no interest in going to the... Le- I, I'm not even sure what the bars are called anymore. I have no interest in going to Burrito Loco or uh, you know, the library or any of those bars and you know, having beers before the game. I just... I, there's so many young people. I, I don't see why, why you can't find the appeal in a guy in salmon shorts yelling at his girlfriend outside of Sally's. I don't know. I don't know how you, right. you couldn't find that appealing. God damn it, Kendra! Oh, God. I, this is something... I, we, I, I went to England a couple years ago, and we, we talked ad nauseum about it at the time, as I recall. But the most annoying thing about England was one day Dave and I were we, we were drinking in a bar in York, as I recall, and these kids walked in. They were like 18 years old, and you're allowed to drink at 18 in England. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And three minutes later, I thought, the drinking age needs to be raised to 30 in the United States because these kids are incredibly annoying. No one under 30 should be allowed in a bar <laughs> after I turn 30. <laughs> and I just want to have quiet beer like i can't imagine i can't imagine going to a college bar as now a middle-aged dad and trying to enjoy myself surrounded by college kids nothing good nothing and i've had to do a couple events for work at like you know what would be considered or if not college bars at least college adjacent bars uh for and it's just man you never you feel your age if you stay a little too long, you feel in a hurry because it's like, holy shit, I am the right. clearly the oldest person here by 10 years. And don't you have homework? You should be doing homework. Yeah. What? 
What are you kids doing? It's why are you out there? Why are you out there? This is really reckless behavior, young lady. You shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, Yeah. It's uh. That scene um is not for you or I, and that's probably for the best because they have their own thing going. They don't need old creeps like us hanging out. So I guess what we're saying is. Head over to Surly, <laughs> where, the where literally it's out. like you know from ages eight to eighty, roughly. So, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that mentioning that you can drink with a bunch of eight-year-olds around is a good idea. But if you have an eight-year-old, that they're, yeah, like they're more than welcome. So we 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 welcome them to hang out at all ages. All yes. ages. <clears throat> all right. Well, I think we've proven we early enough. Sorry now. about that. Uh, do you, I, I, I did want to say this. I was thinking about this today, and I, I think at some point on the podcast, it might have just been me and you, and you, someone who has an obsessively detailed list of all of the topics we've ever talked Wade. about. Wade no. can probably find this episode, but at some point, I, I asked whether it was on us to talk about the Minnesota mm-hmm. links more. And what we decided was that we had no responsibilities yes. whatsoever. And the more I think about it, the more I think I'm wrong about that. And not, I don't want to. I don't want to say that we necessarily have a responsibility to talk about the Minnesota links. Number one, I think we've made a huge mistake in not being more excited about the links because they're clearly our only <laughs> much. franchise. We just talked about how every other team in town is garbage. And here the links are who win the championship basically mm-hmm. every year, so I don't think we can discount that. But I also I, I also kind of think that we need to admit a little bit that there's not all that many Minnesota sports comedy podcasts, and or Minnesota sports podcasts or any sort of media in general. And I think I, I think we need to do better. I think we can do well. Um... <laughs> Let's see how the twins do the next month. We may be. Ba- <laughs> we've been begging the links to, to to play more often because yeah we uh it's just going to be the twins and uh a whole bunch of roster moves for the everything else so yeah we sort of may need to talk about yeah. the links just for content it's a it's a long summer we got links, the, twins and, um, and the links and the loons that's all summer. That's and if you really want me to get insufferable for work, yeah, I, I need to remind you that the owner of Surly, Omar Ansari, did buy the uh, Ultimate Frisbee team in town. So the Minnesota Windchill are a Surly enterprise. They, he did, yeah. Really? He's a big Ultimate guy from back in college. Wow. Oh. I did not know that he owned the... Yeah, owned uh, the bottom Windchill. last year. Um, so they're like, I think Surly's on the, the kits and... Uh, I don't know what they're called kits. I'll be honest with you, but yeah, Interesting. they are. Uh, um, if you're, if you, yes, I can, can get you, you into it. I literally can get you into a game, John. Yes, um, I think yes. Uh, uh, they play at uh, Concordia, and I think they play up at the old uh, National Sports yep. Center up in Blaine. I think those are their two locations. Oh man! So yeah, Here I can get go. you in. I can Quinn can run around like a crazy person. It'll be great. I want it. I want to be clear that in no way are we equating the Minnesota Windchill with the Minnesota no, Lynx. No, no. I want to be clear that the Minnesota Lynx yes. are an amazing professional franchise and the Windchill are something that I'm only interested in because I'm interested in mm-hmm. everything in the world. But 
I, I am excited that the Minnesota wind chill are a thing. <laughs> all right, we got our content lined yeah. up for the summer. It's going to be all links. The links are the links are the San Antonio Spurs of the WNBA. Actually. Yeah, I mean, they are all yep. old guys, or in this case, yep. old. Oh no, no, to say grizzled veterans. They are grizzled veterans. Grizzled veterans. They are yep. crafty, wily veterans. They're all the same age as me, which I got to tell you, given how much random parts of my body will just hurt for no reason, that can't be good. It can't be good no. to be a professional athlete at my age because it's it's yeah. going to hurt a lot. And one of those people who's my age is now yep. a coach of a <laughs> yep. Division One basketball yeah, team she as well. Yeah, so. she sees... She's got. A, she she's sees got the writing on the wall. She wants to but, make a good retirement plan, and this is clearly step one in that. Right. University of Minnesota has amazing an amazing retirement plan, so she's just on board. Oh God! God bless Lindsay Whalen. She's the best. Yeah, God bless her. She's a mm-hmm. Minnesotan treasure. She, she is, is one, of, one us. of us. Ethan Finley, not one of us. <laughs> Lindsay Whalen is the president of the one. Um, of us. She is. She's the president and chairman. Um, I, I can. Care woman America. Um, I can do. Uh, speaking of people who allegedly from Marshfield, I can do one more uh, bit here before we go, um, because also from Marshfield is uh, Becky Fate, who is uh, Aaron Gleeman's significant other. Yeah, yeah and um, I actually saw her this weekend at Aaron Gleeman's book signing at the Mall of Frickin' America. I know that was. How many people were there? Were there? Oh uh, yeah, there were actually. He had uh, forty people lined up to see him, but um, good. since of course, it, as uh, oh, he would good. be the first to tell you, it was dwarfed by the line to get a book signed by Louis Anderson in the Rotunda, which is right next to the Barnes and Noble. How big <laughs> it's right next to the Barnes and Noble. Oh, I'm sorry, my one man show only had hundreds of people, whereas Jim Gaffigan had thousands of people at the State Theater. So clearly. <laughs> I'm not quite as popular as Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. It's uh, he. Uh, sorry, sorry. Good. I'm glad a lot of people showed up. I was ho- I I was hopeful that they would. I actually I was out of town this weekend, and so I felt very bad that I could not go and support our good friend yeah. Aaron Gleeman. So I'm glad that many other people came out and. My lack of showing up had no. Yeah, no. And the the weird that. part about it was um, we were just sitting there. Uh, Sophie had hey, the kids. Yeah, Piper and Mandy are back. Um, we were um, hanging out at Barnes and Noble talking to Aaron, and then there was like a, like a little bit of a ruckus in the store, and then going towards the uh, uh, the book signing, uh, the other books, the Louis Anderson thing, and it was comedian T.J. Miller was also at the Mall of America. He had the uh, problematic uh, T.J. Miller, who's probably call him a comedian. Well, that's his that's his uh, career path, honey. Um, was there? Why is TJ Miller? Uh, I don't, I don't even know who TJ Miller It's yet. a long story. It's not good. Uh you I I'll I'll let I'd rather not talk about it, but you can look it up on the internet. It's not it's not good. Let Google let, let, let Google, Google take care of that part. Um but it's it's he's he's bad. He's he's very bad now. But he was there and he was running around clearly high out of his mind. I'm confident that our lawyers can get us uh that one, and uh, he was there to see Louis Anderson too. He's doing a show at the, one of the comedy clubs at Mall of America. So that was really my the whole that point story wasn't going to go anywhere. I just figured I'd let you know that I saw. I, that's fine. This no, that's true. I, I saw a problematic comedian at my friend's book signing. So and I, it's a good book. I just started. I cracked it finally the other night, and uh, 
it's the top 50 Minnesota Twins, whatever. And I did not see Hoskin Powell in there, which was a bummer for me personally. But Aaron did not write the 50 best Minnesota Twins uh, for me. He wrote it for the whole team. So, is is Disco he better James be. Ward in there? I did not see him in the, when I cracked it, but he better be in there. Then I will actually. <laughs> I didn't keep if, the receipt though. So, if only for yeah, because yeah, that's uh, he's uh, he's my guy. So, um. Did you so you got Aaron to sign your book? Did you have him sign? Um, something he, he signed it. Um, best uh, City Pages tweeter of 2017 and the best AaronGleeman.com tweeter of 2015, which are the only two things I put on any resumes or cover letters anymore. Right, right. That's yeah. That's all you ever need. You just those those two internet articles is the only reference pretty much i can walk into any bank and get laughed out of there but i'll at least have those i will have those two (laughs) bits of content to show them so well let's let's wrap this up we can mention that the toronto maple leafs have turned a one goal third period lead into a two goal third period deficit in the time we've been doing this podcast they are cursed they are cursed I assume that nobody they are Toronto cursed, is and that's yeah. They're the Viking. They're the Vikings of Toronto, yeah. and they're as beloved and tragic as the, our football team is. So, um, yeah, I've I know I know that I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when the North Stars cruelly <laughs> left our family and moved in with that <laughs> Dallas, I I. The, the Maple Leafs were my new dad for the for the brief period when Minnesota was out hockey. So mm-hmm. was without hockey. So I I can only assume that yeah. I did this. I can Here. only assume that the Maple Leafs run of terror is due to this. Is partially I I just want to say this is partially why I'm a little afraid of climbing aboard the Lynx bandwagon this summer because I can only assume that I will do to them what I've apparently done to everyone. The, the Mark of Marth. Uh, and, yep. Uh, anywho, anyway, we got. This yep. is our podcast. Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you, Stu, for being willing to help me help me through this. No problem, time man. For it's, Minnesota sports, we, we generally there's usually like every and six months or so we just really need to vent about the bad things that are happening across multiple fronts for the teams that we grew up enjoying. I'm right. not really enjoying, but rooting for. Um, so yeah, this <laughs> the teams we grew up hoping would hoping would succeed against yeah. all of. Yeah. So guys. I'll pencil you in for about Halloween for the next uh, group therapy session, and uh, we'll take yep. it from there. Hey, look, we just hit an hour on our recording. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, we did. Oh, yes. I'm so proud of. I don't know why I'm proud of us. People would probably liked it if we had stopped. Probably, but they, it would not hurt my T.J. Miller anecdote that did not go anywhere. So where would where would they be now without that? <laughs> Where would Correct. we be without that one? All right, uh, say goodbye, uh, Stu. Goodbye, Stu. Goodbye, goodbye, Stu. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.